This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, and we're in season three entitled Lead to Win. In just a minute, we are going to bring on air our featured guest for today, Dr. Kenneth Spells, the superintendent of South Bend Community School Corporation, and really extend our dialogue around mindset and leadership, which we usually talk about, right, from the locker room to the boardroom. Well, today we're going to extend that into the classroom and into our communities to really hear about how we can leverage this concept of creating great systems to drive sustainable results into to a public school system. You know, there is a lot of diversity and a lot of highs and lows and strengths and weaknesses in in, uh, public school systems today. And so it's been fascinating to watch Dr. Spells, as a member myself of of South Bend, to watch him navigate coming into a school system as as a new leader and a new influencer and see really how he's managed this change process in such a diverse and may I say, criticized school district. I mean, his history is really in revitalizing inner city schools, and that's really what we're hoping to accomplish here in South Bend. I mean, transforming our community from the inside out, from from politics to the school system to even the integration of the universities in our area. You know, we have Bethel College, we have the University of Notre Dame, St. Mary's, Holy Cross, IUSB, you know, all these, Ivy Tech, right? All of these universities and schools here. And so our whole community is looking at becoming more integrated. So I'm really looking forward to sharing um, this episode with you, with Dr. Spells, and and really just want you to tune in to hear how he's navigated these waters. Again, coming in to really impact a school system, but also understanding that it's a large part of our community. Again, at the Selking Performance Group, our whole mission is to help individuals, teams, and organizations understand and leverage the power of mindset and leadership to unleash performance excellence and drive sustainable results, right? Things that can last over time, regardless of what people may come in and through the system that we create. And so again, we're really looking forward to seeing how this is applied in in an inner city school district itself, but also Dr. Spells brings with him a wealth and large background, uh, ranging from the military um, to working in schools all over the country. And so stay tuned because it's going to be a powerful, powerful episode as we learn more about how to lead to win and really how to tap into this leadership principle of creating systems that drive sustainability. 
Welcome, Dr. Ken Spells. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's great to be here today. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to read a quick bio because I think it tees us up perfectly to dive into hearing more about your um, philosophy as a leader and the excellent things that you've been doing here in your brief two years in South Bend. But uh, Dr. Kenneth Spells joined us here in South Bend as superintendent of the South Bend Community School Corporation from Alton, Illinois, near St. Louis, where he served as a superintendent for five years. And prior to that, he served as an assistant superintendent for four years. Dr. Spells was born in Chester, Pennsylvania, so he is still celebrating the Eagles' victory. Congratulations on that in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Very happy about that. Uh, Yeah, I think everybody in Philly was, for sure. Um, But he was raised in um, Bladen County, North Carolina, and he received his undergraduate degree from Fayetteville State University in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and earned his master's in educational specialist degrees from Eastern Illinois University. He received a doctorate in education leadership from Maryville University in St. Louis. Dr. Spells has experience at all levels. He's been a middle and high school teacher, middle school assistant principal, and elementary principal. Which of those, so we're, we're going to digress from the bio quickly, which of those do you think was the most challenging roles that you ever filled? The most challenging, probably elementary. <laughs> Element, I can Because I imagine. started out as a high school and I went down. Oh, okay. Because I, I knew I wanted to be a superintendent and I wanted to have all those experiences. And normally you start at elementary and go up, but you know. <laughs> the reverse order. Yes. I mean, I remember my first time working with those little guys too. I was like, how is there so much energy? And I'm thinking, this is easy. And then I got the job. It's like, it's a lot different. <laughs> a lot different on mm-hmm. that day to day, huh? Yeah. Awesome. So, so we'll jump back in here. But he's um, he's also been very successful basketball coach with his teams winning a state championship and three regional titles. Where was that, Doctor Spells? Hopkins, South Carolina, near Columbia. Okay. Wow. You've been all over the mm-hmm. map. That's awesome. In 2014, Dr. Spells was one of 120 superintendents nationally invited to the White House to meet with President Obama to discuss educational technology issues. Dr. Spells has experienced early successes during his first year as South Bend superintendent. He's launched new academic initiatives such as the Dual Language Immersion Program, the One-to-One Technology Initiative, and a new Science and Math Academy at Jackson Intermediate Center. He is very passionate about student achievement and has issued a clarion call for everyone to join Team South Bend. So that's where I want to start, Dr. Spells, this whole initiative of Team South Bend. What does that mean to you, and how are you approaching that here in South Bend? In an urban district, we all have to be on the same page if we want to improve student achievement. And that means the community, that means the politicians, that means parents. We have to all work together for students each day and supporting them each day. We have to be very positive, and that's what Team South Bend means. We're all working together. It's kind of like... It takes a village. Absolutely. I love it. It's been powerful. Um, I serve on the Athletic Advisory Council, as you know, here in South Bend, and and we talk a lot about what does this mean, you know, Mm -hmm. as as a team, and I think it's been a powerful initiative to just help unify everyone's thoughts around what your vision and mission are. And I'm amazed about how many team members that we have on Team South Bend. Everybody's been engaged. Even the media's been engaged in helping us improve the lives of students and improve student achievement. That's awesome. You know, one of your hallmarks of your leadership has been having a positive transformation in inner city school systems. What's been your general leadership philosophy in approaching such a huge task like that in in all of the areas that you've been in? It's kind of like a spider web. A lot of different tenants on that. We have to make sure that everybody that we hire believes in students Mm -hmm. and everything that we do from the boardroom to the classrooms about students and student achievement. We want to make sure that South Bend is a destination district. Mm-hmm. 
and that the people that we hire, they want to be here, they're about students, and they love kids, and they know that we have to move the needle. So that's the main part of what we do. And we have to have people that believe in our kids. That's powerful. And if you know, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last several weeks, that's been a crux of what wherever you are in leadership. You know, mm-hmm. what is your vision and what's at the core of that? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because a lot of times we particularly in sports, the the sports coaches that we've interviewed and the education, it's it's having those kids at the center mm-hmm. of that. So what has been your general approach or strategy in trying to achieve that mission of of bringing that web together, if you will? First thing, um, Team South Bend making sure the community is on board, uh, making sure that the students be- students believe. Uh, I think we have to be visible. I go to a lot of classrooms. Uh, we had a, I went on tour where I was 34 schools in 34 days. Wow. The students need to see what success looks like. We have to show the students different opportunities to make sure that students know that they can be successful. And there are a lot of opportunities out there for them. So we have to stress that. Uh, we have to make connections with those students and relationships with those students. I like to have lunch with students just to hear them talk. Um, I like for them to know that we believe in them and we have to tell them that each day. And we have to let our students know that they're special. So again, every decision that we make is about students in, in South Bend and every place that I've been. That's powerful. And again, the other thing I hear is just a constant re-putting the mission and the vision in front of everybody, whether it's the people at the top or the kids that this is touching. And I, I think, you know, again, wherever you are in your leadership journey, um, to keep that in mind, you know, that it has that vision and, and culture about what we're trying to accomplish has to you know, be in front of people mm-hmm. at, at every intersection, if you will. And I believe that in every place that I've worked, I've tried to hire teachers and administrators from that community. Mm-hmm. They're vested in that community. They know those students and they'll stay. We can retain them. So I really believe that that's very important. Now, that's not to say that if you're not from the community that you can't be successful, because I've been in a lot of different places. But I do think you need to grow your own teachers and grow your own administrators. That's awesome. So how do you believe that the systems that are in place in an organization can affect performance? I believe that you have to have a system um, that produces winners. We let our students know that they're winners. We let our teachers know that they're winners. And something that I found out, especially in the Midwest, with collective bargaining and things that, that we didn't have at, in South Carolina when I first started teaching, you have to have good morale. You have to have those systems in place. You have to streamline your resources so students can be successful. Um, I talk to students all the time about dream, you know, have to dream big and have big dreams. So you have to have those systems in place. You have to make sure that you, that everybody that you hire is top notch. Okay. Um, top notch teachers, top notch administrators, top notch coaches. Make sure that you're engaged in the community and have great mentors for those kids. Um, I like to provide um, as many opportunities as possible for students, um, taking them on visits. One of the things that was profound for me, I loved social studies growing up. And in fourth grade, um, I was going to school in suburban Philadelphia, and they took us on a trip to Valley Forge. And I got to see where Washington crossed the Delaware, and I got to see where they stayed at that winter. Um, and then I became a social studies too. That was very powerful for me. 
and it helped me to enjoy social studies. And to this day, I still love social studies. But it was because of those experiences mm-hmm. that I had going to see Valley Forge. Isn't that awesome? That and so what I hear, too, is systems that bring alive you know, whatever it is we're talking about, right? Whether it's hiring the right people, what's the system that can bring that alive, the vision of South Bend, Team South Bend to our teachers that we're hiring, or whether it's trying to engage our students in social studies, what's the systems that we have in place in terms of getting them out and seeing, you know, some of these areas that we're learning about? And before you could do that, you know, I've worked in a lot of difficult environments. Also in Illinois, it's about 10 to 15 miles from Ferguson, Missouri. Okay. So I've worked in some urban environments before, and before you can do anything, you have to build relationships and trust with the students and also the families mm. of that community. That's first. You can't teach me until you love me. Amen. And the students need to know that, and those families need to know that you're all about students. So in some of those more diverse areas where you've got um, different socioeconomic status, different racial classes um, and groups, how have you helped bridge the, the gap and build those relationships amid all of the diversity that can exist within a system? First thing you have to, you can't be a nine to five superintendent. And I tell my staff that all the time. In urban environments, we have to get into those communities. We have to support those students. And here's how you do that. I go to basketball games, I go to baseball games, I go to football games, I go to everything, not just those. I go to all the extracurricular activities to let those students know that I support them. My staff is doing that. We really want these students to know that we support them 24-7. Also, we go to events on Saturdays, we go to events out of town. That's how you build those relationships and build those relationships with community members. Another thing. I talk to parents on the weekends and I talk to parents at sporting events. I don't want them to think that they can't talk to me at 501 on Friday. Yeah. Because if it's important enough for them to call me, it's important enough for me to call them back or have that conversation. They're very surprised sometimes that I call them at 5 and 6 o'clock at night on Friday or Saturday. I try to make sure all calls are made back. In a 20, I make calls in a 24-hour um no later than 24 hours, so I'll call you back. I think that's important in building those relationships with the community. That's powerful. And, and for those, again, of you listening, when we talk about systems, right, we can look at big organizational systems, but even small systems, just like that, if you've got a system in place for mm-hmm. how quickly you call somebody back, and, mm-hmm. it's, and that's a system that allows you to be consistent, right, and build that sense of trust with the people that you're trying to influence in our community. That's awesome. And I learned from politicians and like, got, you know, people that are running for president and they had this quote, all politics are local. Mm. And what does that mean to you? Flush that out. To me, us. it means you have to start small, even though this could be a big system. You can't win the state of Pennsylvania until you win that little small um, township in Pennsylvania until you went to you go to that deli in Philadelphia, yeah. that retail politics. Uh and then you win state by state. So the way we do it is school by school, student by student, building those relationships one-on-one, having those great relationships with those families. 
I love that. That's that's really powerful. And again, apply this to wherever you are, whatever area you're in, whatever industry you're in. What does that mean and look like for you? Where can you win at the small, small individual level so that that can grow and catalyze? So, you know, when you go into new school systems and organizations, I can imagine there's a lot of things that you have to assess and probably a lot of changes that often need to be made. How do you go about prioritizing all the things that you need to do when you when you go into a new system? The first, what I did here in South Bend, I went on a listening tour. Okay. I went uh, um, talking to families, talking to politicians, talking to community members, talking to coaches, talking to bus drivers, had those conversations. And you can't be so arrogant to think that you know everything and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make all these changes. You have to listen to those teachers and administrators, the people that have lived in that community forever. You got to make sure that they have a seat at the table. Then you look at the data. Mm-hmm. But you got to make sure that everybody feels welcome at the table. And, you know, one of the struggles we had here in South Bend, I'll just be perfectly honest with you, um, people didn't feel welcome. Mm. We, we had to build trust. And something I heard early on, um, we trust you, but we don't know how long you're going to be around. And we've heard this before. So I had to trust, but build trust. And it's like that old saying, trust but verify. Right. You know, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to go to basketball games. Well, they have to see you there, too. Exactly. You have to follow through. So that's how you build trust. That's awesome. So that goes sort of into the next question then. So what are some of the subtle or more overt ways um, that you found effective over the years to challenge current systems or current ways of thinking in people that doesn't create this sort of um, either disengage or this hostile pushback from people that are, are within that system? Because again, I can imagine when you come in, there are a lot of changes that need made and that can be scary to a lot of people. So what ways have you found that that sounded like one this listening tour sounds like a power way to generate that what else have you found effective again listen, uh, looking at the data okay um, I, I you also have to be decisive too okay um, you have to be able to make a decision you once you listen and you look at the data you have to be able to make a decision uh, I think a lot of leaders fall short in, in that area um, can't be wishy-washy yeah. can't make promises you can't keep especially in these positions as principals and superintendents because people are watching. Students are watching. Um, The data, listening to people, uh, being decisive, um, working with people too. Okay. Giving them some ownership in the decision making. Asking those questions. Did those listening tours, but I had a lot of conference calls in this office, in this room, where we work together to solve problems because we're all in this together. That's what Team South Bend is all about. That's awesome. And I, you know, as a, as a community member and, you know, as a small part of Team South Bend and, you know, hearing, I think the first year people were very surprised when you came in. He's like, well, he, he hasn't really done anything drastic yet mm-hmm. um, he, but he's just listening a lot I think it took people by surprise because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people think when a new leader comes in it's going to be this sort of like you said this is how we're going to do it this is what's worked in the other school systems I've been in and here's how we're going to implement it so just flesh out even more about just your leadership philosophy because I think that's really fascinating and powerful well it helped this time around I had experience I probably would have done it the old way, okay. but I had experience this time. And also, 
I knew that this was a very challenging situation. I knew it was a situation where we couldn't fail and that we had to make good decisions and I had to really study. Uh, I knew I had some big decisions to make mm -hmm. and I wanted to make sure that um, I didn't rush it. I made, wanted to make sure that we had all the data and then came Focus 2018. Awesome. So what does that mean, Focus 2018? Talk us through that. That is a, um, we are remaking and rebranding the South Bend School Corporation. And to do that, we're closing some schools. I didn't feel comfortable doing that the first year. I wanted to get out in those schools. I wanted to find out what the culture, I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to make sure that I was making the right decision. And I wasn't going to be rushed in that. Um, when you're a veteran and you have experience, you don't feel like you have to sub succumb to pressure to make a, a rash decision. So I really did my homework because I'm affecting a lot of lives. You're closing buildings. You're moving students all over the community. You're affecting families. Uh, the least you can do is take your time. So if I take an extra couple months to get that decision to make made and it's the right decision, I'm okay with that rather than making a rash decision. And I was very worried about doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was also worried about trying to do too many things too soon. Right. I think a lot of leaders fail when they do that. Um, a lot of times superintendents, and they're not successful when they come in, they try to change everything. Okay. Um, they don't listen, they have this agenda, and they try to make all these changes too soon. And I didn't want to fall into that trap. So we talk a lot about how leadership is influence. And so, you know, again, with all of these changes, how have you successfully influenced all of the different parties that are at play to get in alignment on, the, on these changes? It took a lot of time. Uh, again, those listening tours, uh, making sure that uh, I was talking to the media, articles in the paper. I did a lot of um, um, morning news uh, making sure I was available to the press, articulating your vision, um, talking to the Realtor Association. So just really getting out there. Um, I had meetings from six to 300 people. Wow. So just making sure that you're, you're taking advantage of any opportunity that you get to talk to people. That's awesome. And again, these systems, right? What, what areas or mechanisms do you have to help you in your mission, right? The media, it sounds like, is something that you really tapped into to help give positive press around mm -hmm. the mission versus allowing it to come back as a, as a bullet to shoot you with, if you will. You know, and I think that that's a really powerful, um, positive, proactive approach to leveraging something uh, or a system that's in place that can really help you toward accomplishing this huge transformation that you're seeking to here in South Bend. And that was a huge criticism when I first started. Um, we didn't do enough media relations. We didn't tell our story, making sure that we tell our story. A lot of great things go on here in the South Bend School Corporation. You don't always hear about those things. Tell us some story. Tell us some of the great things happening here in South Bend. Well, I'll do a language immersion program. We're getting ready to start a K-8 international baccalaureate program. Um, I've always wanted an elementary and a middle school program, so now we're going to have a K-8 program in one building. Um, we are making sure that we are um, reaching all students, and what I mean by that, we're providing those opportunities for every student 
every interest. And another thing that I've learned on this tour the last couple of years, and not just here in South Bend, I'm talking about some conferences that I've been at, we really need to listen to the students and find out what their interests are. Things are changing. Mm -hmm. So we really need to do more listening to students. And I've tried to do that. That's awesome. And I think, you know, from your perspective, why is continuous improvement? I know we've just had improvement in general, but as you're gaining traction, why is continuous improvement so important for leaders and for organizations? Because we want to make sure that our students are competitive in any environment that they um, choose. Uh, we want to make sure if they go into the workforce, they're successful. They go to the University of Texas, they're successful. We want to make sure that they're competitive. United States Navy. I don't want any kid in the South Bend School Corporation to go somewhere and be unsuccessful, and it's because of us. I love or it. Or the lack of training. We want to make sure that they are prepared for every opportunity. Awesome. And, and so that means as leaders, right, in organizations, we got to stay up on it. Absolutely. To keep them cutting edge. We're going to wrap up here. So our final questions, uh, we, we talk a lot about lead in, right? As leaders, we first must lead in before we can really effectively lead out. And so the, the title of season three of our podcast is Leading to Win. And so we want two final questions. One, the first is what does the phrase leading to win mean to you in relation to leading yourself? What does that phrase mean to you? Um, I believe in leading from the front. Yeah. I believe that to lead an organization, you have to provide strong leadership. You have to understand the community that you're in, especially as a superintendent, because mm -hmm. every community is different. Um, Alton, Illinois, and South Bend, Indiana, um, Indiana and Illinois neighbor, but they're totally different, totally different states. So providing that strong leadership, leading from the front, being able to make a decision, and being able to stand by the decision. So being an ex-military guy, I believe in leading from the front. I love that. Now then the last question. So what does the phrase leading to win mean to you in relation to leading others? Okay, I believe that if you're leading from the front and you're providing that strong leadership, you're going to win. If you look at any successful coach, they're leading from the front. And um, if you remember a couple of days ago uh, in the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia coach he was very confident. He made some gutsy calls. He led from the front. Absolutely. And it triggered that engagement of his guys. Oh, he thinks we can do it? Well, I'm going to think we can do it then. Absolutely. That's awesome. So if I'm providing that strong leadership, our principals are going to provide that strong leadership to our staff, and our teachers are going to provide it for our students. Dr. Kenneth Spells, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Again, Superintendent of South Bend Community School Districts, we appreciate you. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for the positive transformation that you're having in our community. It's, it's extending way beyond just the school system. Um, we can feel it in every area of the community. So thank you, and thank you for your time today. You're welcome, and God bless America. God bless America. What a powerful interview with Dr. Spells. It has been incredible sitting here with this man today and being able to just soak up the insights and wisdom that he's been able to share with us. So I really hope that you took a lot from this episode. And if you would, we'd love to hear about. Reach out to us on social media. Um, we're on Twitter at, at Champ Mindsets, Instagram at Selking Performance, uh, Facebook Selking Performance Group, and you can email me directly at amber at selkingperformance.com. And I would love to hear how I can help you come along 
alongside you individually with one of the performance coaches that's on our team or work with you to, to figure out what would it look like to bring to come in and do a keynote speech or develop some training with your team or organization around these concepts of mindset and leadership. We heard so many uh, great applicable ways as leaders, you know, from listening to leading from the front to being courageous enough to make decisions to building systems that build winners, right? This was fascinating hearing from Dr. Spells today. And again, I would love to help you navigate your own journey and leading to win and building those championship mindsets in your people. So please feel free to reach out. Um, It also means a lot to us if you could rate and review us on iTunes. That goes a long way in helping us with our sponsors and continuing to bring you great content. Um, But at any any rate, we just love to hear your thoughts and reflections and ways that you're applying what you're learning because it's really great for us as we continue to to try to, to build great content to share with you along the way. I just want to thank you so much for being with us today. Um, You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast, and this has been your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset and leading to win. Brightview Medical is a patient-oriented medical healthcare organization with goals to change healthcare as we know it. By understanding the wasteful and costly healthcare system in place today, Brightview is able to create a unique opportunity that revolutionizes patient doctor visits, cuts back on costs, and increases patient satisfaction. They house all of their specialty physicians, CDC-level labs, and state-of-the-art technology in one building, providing a one-stop patient-centered environment, which is unparalleled in today's medical field. At Brightview Medical, they don't just practice medicine, they perform it. This episode was recorded and produced by Truthwork Media. If you're interested in having a podcast, look us up at truthworkmedia.com. Truthwork Media. Everyone has a story. Yours needs a podcast. <laughs>